On today's podcast, our guest is the sharpest of sharps, the elusive hitman, professional better extraordinaire. He stops by to tell us if we're barking up the right tree with our leans on this week's NFL draft. Then it's the official West Coast Gamblers draft preview where we'll give you the inside scoop on the best bets to make before draft night kicks off because we are the only podcast that makes you money. Back up the Brinks truck. Who you betting on? Always on black, bad stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And how are we going to make money today, boys? Well, it is the NFL Draft, and we are going to tell you how to bet night one of the NFL Draft and win you some money on Thursday as all these commissioners and all these GMs are out there making their picks. We also have a wonderful interview with known gambling expert, especially in the NFL field. The hitman himself is coming on the show. We have the info from the Ballerina Big Board, his first round mock we recorded and released on Monday. You can go back and listen to that. We're drawing some of our information from that. We're drawing some of our information from the Hitman. And at the end of the show, we're going to be giving you many bets to take, including some back up the Brinks truck specials. But before we get to the Hitman boys, how excited are you guys about the NFL draft? I don't understand why I get so excited about this. You know, a lot of these first round picks don't even pan out, but I just get so excited to sit there and watch seven hours straight of footage of guys reading names off of note cards. It doesn't make any sense. Well, this year I'm more excited than I think I, I have been in a long time because there's actually some chance for the Patriots to move around in the first round of the draft. Usually I'm not Very really true. paying a whole lot of attention in the first round for it because at least for the last 20 years or so, they usually have picked. 31 or 32 so not really thinking a whole you're kind of going okay well let's see who's left here and what kind of defensive value usually can Bill Belichick get out of guys that are left but here this year there actually is some potential that we move up. Now it's going to depend on whether I think whether Bill Belichick really sees someone that he loves because I don't think it's not his MO for him to trade up for a quarterback, especially unless he's got some one person in mind that he's absolutely got to have. But I'm very yeah. excited nonetheless because we'll know a lot more, at least I as a Patriots fan will know a lot more about the future of my franchise and what Belichick wants to do with that future after this draft. So I'm really excited to see what happens. As I said in our draft episode, I personally would like to see them trade up, but again, I don't think realistically that happens unless Belichick has his sights set on one person and one person in particular. Uh, that's just not his mo to trade up for the for the sake of trading up. I can already hear the sound effects. Do 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 do. I'm already like sit, listening to it in my mind. Drew the ballerina. The booze as Goodell takes the stage, just showering him like they do every year. Drew the ballerina had Detroit trading out of the number seven spot in his mock draft. Missed a couple of the blue chippers you wanted, but. But you're still excited as a Lions fan to see what occurs. Oh, absolutely. Especially given the fact that I've been on record, all Lions fans, we have a plan in place. We have new leadership. We have a plan. Feels so good to not, you know, try to put band-aids on things or yep. be picking up, you know, the, the Patriots scrap from the Patriots scrapyard and Fat <laughs> Trish and, 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 and Robert Quinn. Uh, so I'm very excited. And like I said, I hope the Lions can, can, can trade down, accumulate some more picks. 
and get some pieces. However, I will say, guys, you know, for for content people like us, this is this is Thanksgiving. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's it's unbelievable. But I will say, the NFL draft it always baffles me every year. It is the most. And I want to say this, you know, with a grain of salt, it is the most overrated event of all time <laughs> with the most amount of importance, if that makes sense, because it's a snap grade. Oh, here's a grade. Here's a grade. Here's a grade. Oh, yeah. Grade these things in five years, dude. Yes. Grade it in five years. Yes. It drives me nuts when people will grade F, A, C. It's, 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 it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Statistically, half of these first round quarterbacks will be bust. Yes. That's just a fact. Half of them will be bust. So let's just hold our hose, hold our horses and crowning winners and losers of the draft. I know it's what people do. I know it's second nature. It is the most overrated important event in the, in the history of sports. Well, we, the only thing you can grade correctly is how we do on our bets, which, again, we're going to be betting the draft at the end of this podcast. But first, we're going to our interview with the great NFL gambler himself, the Hitman. So that's coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is calling in all the way from New Jersey. He is a man that R.J. Bell calls the translucent one, and he is helping us today on some draft picks and some draft bets to help make us money. He can be found on Twitter at Hitman428, and you know what that means, my friends. If you heard that name, please welcome in the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Welcome to the show, Hitman, for the first time ever, asterisk. That's the best intro that I could possibly get, and I'm ready, guys. I'm pumped, man. Uh, the draft is obviously Thursday night. I can't wait to happen. Now, in a little, uh, we'll call it a pre-interview, you gave us some insight on Mac Jones going third overall. At that point, it was still plus money. It has traveled all the way down to minus 335 for Mac to go three overall. Do you still think that's the case? Obviously, we're not going to put money on that bet anymore. Or do you think now that there's there's been some smoke screen thrown out by the San Francisco 49ers, do you think there's a chance we have a surprise at three overall, or is it definitely Mac? Well, I'm fortunate that through the years I've been able to get some sources and some guys that get some information and they share it with me. And obviously when I get information, I share it with them. And I've been hearing for the last month and a half that it's going to be Mac Jones. And I've heard nothing to back me off of that opinion right now. And if you you listen to the, the top insiders like Adam Schefter and um, Daniel Jeremiah, Michael Lombardi, they, they're all pretty much saying that it's not a lock, but they believe it's going to be Mac Jones. And I think what you do is until you hear a different sentiment from them, 
you have to say it's going to be Mac Jones. So, you know, I have a big position on him right now at some good prices, but even at like minus 200-ish, I would still, as of this very moment, like Mac Jones, unless we see new information coming out. Yeah, unless like Kyle Shanahan says, we're all dead by Sunday. Who knows what could happen, right? Uh, But let's move on now to the next pick in the draft, number four overall. This is Atlanta's pick. There is some, you know, little bit of rumor out there that they might not stay here. A QB needy team might move up. But I really like, and I think they're taking Kyle Pitts at number four overall. And I really like the idea of betting Atlanta to take a tight end with their first overall pick. Right now, that's at minus 150. It's probably the best odds you can get with this scenario of Kyle Pitts going to this team. Do you think that's something I should lay my money down on? Uh, Atlanta to take a tight end first with their first overall pick. If they stay at pick four... I'm pretty confident that they're going to take Kyle Pitts. If I knew that for sure, I, I would be laying it right now. So, but obviously we, we don't know that what's going to happen with the quarterback market, who's going to be trading up and all that. So I, I don't hate it. Do, will I personally bet it? I'm not sure, but if I were to bet it, I would probably wait until maybe 30 minutes, an hour before the draft and get as much information as possible. You might even get a report from Schefter or somebody that's uh, an hour before the draft that says, hey, in all likelihood, I think Atlanta is staying unless they get blown away. And if you get that type of report, then uh, I think it would be pretty, it would be a lot safer to take, to bet Pitts at that point. So I, I would lean towards betting Pitts. I'm not ready, but th- that, that's the way that I would be approaching it. If I, if I were to be betting that. You've talked about getting information from Schefter, from Daniel Jeremiah. Obviously, you're a man that lives on Twitter. Are there any accounts that we might not be following that you would point to that are, are solid accounts to go to, solid sources that you draw information from, other than the big names that are out there? Well, th- there's so many that it's hard to rattle yeah. all of them. But if I had to maybe think of two specific ones, it would uh, Evan Silva from Established to Run. He does just an absolutely excellent job with his mock drafts. With Literally going to go follow him right now. <laughs> yep, yep. He's, he's always has a lot of logic behind everything that he says. And the, the other would probably be one of my betting buddies and one of my worst, my biggest enemies, uh, Joey Kanish on Twitter. <laughs> he, he, gets of, he gets a lot of good information and, uh, yeah, just don't follow him on like NFL sides or nothing like that. But when it comes to hot dog eating and and um, NFL draft stuff, he's really solid. So that, that would be two under the radar, guys. I can sense there's a little bit of a pass there between you two. Yeah, the two of us, we're, we're buddies, but we just like to, to break balls. So that's where that comes from. Is he also a, a Jersey guy like yourself? No, no, he's a Michigan guy. So, I mean, I, I think... I think he's somewhere in Detroit, so, I mean, God bless him. Don't tell Drew about that. He might find a new favorite better. Um, I'm curious about I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on uh, running backs in the first round because one of the bets that I threw out there and uh, I got earlier this week uh, was under a half running back at plus 210 to go in the first round. Now, I'm somebody who maybe this year is different. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a naive novice, but I, I don't I think I, I don't think there are going to be any running backs going in the first round this year. I know a lot of people see Najee Harris going to the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That line has since moved. It is now uh, Najee Harris is minus 200 to go first, uh, be the first running back drafted. That line has moved now to one and a half running backs in the first round. Uh, plus 150 for the over minus 200 for the under. Did, did I, did I make a mistake getting in on that? 
that with no running backs or, or are you in my camp that, that Najee Harris is going 24? So about a few weeks ago, I bet the under one and a half running backs minus 180 ish. And I, I, I did lean towards that. There would be no running backs, but I thought that it was worth the extra vig to get the under one and a half minus 180. It's actually funny that you mentioned it because today I did bet over a half running back at mm. minus 280. And it was more because I, I'm not feeling super comfortable with my under one and a half. You see a, a lot of guys that are coming out now and they're saying that Najee Harris, there, there's a lot of smoke that he could be going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You see a lot of stuff with Javante Williams now. And um, one one guy that I personally know, he gets some decent information. He seems r- really confident that Travis Etienne might go a little earlier than people expect. So, you know, I was with you in the beginning, but <laughs> I, I've gotten out of my position on on the uh, on the run over running backs on the under running backs, and I actually did buy some some over. Uh, half at minus 280. Interesting. Well, Dangles was actually talking about that too, Dangles, a little bit. I mean, I know you talked about us to us in the past, and you've told this to Drew via DM many a time. Don't hedge your best bets unless it's life-changing money. And Dangles, I know you have a, a position that you might want to hedge when it comes to the draft. And we just wanted to ask you, is there any particular guidance when you're betting this draft things can change at a moment's notice you talked about how you should follow certain people and pay attention to the news but is there a way you can sort of save yourself with some bets that you might have already placed down that that obviously you you think you're out of position on now and you got to try to recoup some of the losses already yeah i mean that, that's the name of the game with the draft um i was listening to, to evan silva's podcast yesterday and he was saying that with the draft betting you have to leave your ego at the door and i, I can't agree more with with that sediment because the draft you're betting information you're not betting your personal opinion so you know my personal opinion on how i think a quarterback will do or where he should get picked that that's fine i'm probably not going to change that but you know one day you'll be getting information that uh, a certain player is rising up draft boards and then the next day you, you might get that he has injury risk. One of the best examples I could give you is I got some really good prices on Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver from LSU, to be the fourth yep. or the fifth wide receiver taken. And I got that about a month and a half ago. And I'm talking ridiculous prices. And <laughs> I was obviously feeling great about that. And then Daniel Jeremiah comes out and he says, hey, there's big medical concerns with him right now. So when I hear that, the first thing I'm instantly doing is I'm betting as much on the over on Marshall that I possibly can, over 27 and a half, over 36 and a half. I bet uh, under one and a half LSU players to go first round. So yep. you just got to stay on top of the information and don't be afraid to get out of a bet and just admit, hey, you know what? Three days ago, I was right with the information, I feel like, but there's new information and I got to get out of it because uh, I was wrong three days ago. The draft seems to present just an interesting sort of aspect or uh, uh, context in the sense that if one thing goes awry in like the lead up to what you need to happen, everything else can fall from there. You know, it's kind of like a domino effect type thing. So is, is, is the draft a context where you can see it a little bit more reasonable to hedge your bets or are you still like, no, absolutely not unless it's life-changing money? If you have a great position on something, uh, I'm all about just sticking with your position unless the other side has value. So uh, for, for example, I, I got a Trey Lance nine to one early in the process to be the third pick in the draft. 
That has tremendous yeah. value oh, yeah, right now. Yeah. I mean, he's like two to one at the moment. Yep. But I also think that Mac Jones has value at minus 200. So that's how I'm going to hedge out of my Trey Lance position is I'm going to bet the other side of that because the other side has value. If I don't think the other side has value, then it's really just not – it's not worth it unless it's just a large sum of money. And to you, it could be – a large sum of money. A large sum of money to uh, to recreational better could be a few hundred dollars if you're a small time better. Means different things to different people for sure. Yeah, to me, it's going to be a lot more than that. So, but yeah, if, if it's a large sum to you to to what your bankroll is, then yeah, I, I would I would go for it. But um, yeah, if it's not, then I would just only do it if the other side is plus EV. So I, I want to present to you something now, because after this interview, we are going to give out to our listeners our best bets for the draft. And my best bet, this is one I've been on since the beginning, and I want to present it to you and you can tell me whether I'm being an idiot or not, because I think this is a guarantee. Uh, as we know, you were just saying, leave your ego at the door when it comes to the draft, but you have to go off your own personal opinion off of your gut here. And my gut is the Cincinnati Bengals are an idiotic franchise run by people who don't know how to win football games. And while there is a glaring need on their offensive line, and they should take the tackle out of Oregon, this is going to be the A.J. Green of of Joe Burrow's generation, and it's going to be Jamar Chase. And I saw earlier, and I have money down earlier on Jamar Chase being under 5.5 with his overall pick at minus 110. It's now crept up to minus 140 on DraftKings. That is my lock of the week. I would bet that all the way to minus 200 for Jamar Chase to go under 5.5 on Thursday night. Do you think I'm an idiot? Do you think there's a chance that happens? Yeah, so I I bet Penny Sewell over 5.5. At about a week and a half ago so obviously if i think sewell is going to go over five and a half i think that the Bengals probably pass on him and you know chase is getting a lot of steam right now and there's actually a really good follow on twitter he's a, a Bengals guy joe goodberry and he is locked into the Bengals. absolutely his opinion with the Bengals outweighs most of their beat writers to be honest and wow. he's saying that he believes it's going to be chase and I also believe we're just trying to use logic behind what, what they're going to do. I think that Chase is the superior prospect. You have the Burrow factor. You have the factor yep. that they, they could get offensive linemen in the second, third round. So I'm with you on Jamar Chase. I, I actually bet at one book today, I bet Chase under six and a half minus 230. And that wow. I was more, I, I like the under five and a half, but that's like at minus 170 right now. So the 60 cents to get the the extra slot was worth it to me. But yep. yeah, as of, as of right now, uh, I would say that Jamar Chase to me is probably going to be the fifth pick. I love it. You and our mock draft expert have the same inkling on uh, Cincinnati going offensive linemen later in the second and third rounds to sort of secure that spot for sure. Dangles. I think I gave my uh, lock already on the running back, but I do have another one that I feel really good about that I wanted to bounce off you because I was talking to Tony about this one. He was like, I don't I don't know. I think you're kind of just throwing darts and stabbing in the dark with this one. So uh, 18 and a half offensive players drafted in the first round. It's minus 110 or was minus 110 for that to go over. Now, hear me out. You've got five quarterbacks that are definitely going. You've got five wide receivers that are definitely going, and you can probably tack on five more offensive linemen that are definitely going in the first round. So you've got 15 picks 
picks there, and that means you only need four with the remaining, what, 16 picks, 17 picks, in order to hit that. I know it's kind of a dart throw, but, you know, I but I, I don't hate it. Should, do you hate it? Yeah, you know, with, with that one, I would lean towards the over because we're going to get five quarterbacks. We're going to get... Let's say one, let's just say one running back. That's six. One tight end is seven. Five receivers is 12. And maybe six to seven offensive linemen. I, I think seven. So you're at 19 there. But, you know, I think it's being a little late to the party because it, it did open 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sharp people were grabbing the 17 and a half. That a is a great number. bet if you could have got that. Oh but yeah, that's a much better at the, number. Yeah, at the point right now with 18 and a half, I feel like more I feel like it's going to be 18 or 19, maybe gun to my yeah. head I think 19, but personally I I'll, I'll probably stay away from it. And this ladies and gentlemen like is it. why you shop your lines early. <laughs> and our mock draft expert had exactly 18 players in that first round. And before we let you go, Hitman, again, we thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us a time and, our, Damn, and your man, insight. Thank you so much. Is there anything other than what we've mentioned today that you really like for Thursday that you're looking at? Yeah, so right now, widely available. A lot of these numbers have moved, but one of them that I'd look at, Jalen Phillips to be the first defensive end taken. Anything around even okay. money. Or so, um, there, there's a good article with Bob McGinn from the Athletic where he pulls a lot of top personnel of evaluators, and he came in clearly as the edge rusher number one. So, wow. With that said, I, I think that he should probably be chalk chalk to be the first edge rusher. So I would think that one is good. Eric, Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia. His number's been skyrocketing. It opened at 60. It's at 41 and a half some spots, but I still do see some 45 and a half, 48 and a half around that range. If you could get that, I would definitely play the under on him. Um, any Terrace Marshall fade you could find, maybe yeah, 38 yeah. and a half or less, I would look to play that. Caleb Farley fades because of his medical issues mm-hmm. yeah uh, 21 and a half 22 and a half those are still available right now i would look to play over on them i i, I have so many that if i talk about all my bets uh, i got right now we'll probably be taping for about another three four hours so i'll, I'll just <laughs> go with those four and make sure you have a lot of books and you could shop the lines on these guys because you should be able to still find some good prices on them and that's what I would go with. Awesome. Well, we thank you for joining the podcast at Hitman428. Look him up for his leans, his NFL picks, and feel free to DM him to try and get in on some of his packages that are available. Thank you for coming on the show, Hitman. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hey there. My name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. 
Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview. And Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. So now we, that we have all of the information, we have the Ballerina Big Board, which again, you can listen to. We released it on Monday. We have the Hitman's interview. We have all of our bets in front of us. It's time to make some money on the NFL draft. Let's do it. First off, if you want to listen to the Big Board, there's a couple of bets that Brian had, or at least a couple of picks that Brian had that go against the grain of Vegas right now. And there's some ways you can make some big money if you think like us. The mock draft of the Ballerina Big Board is the way to go. We have a couple of guarantees that we're going to give out as the host, but these are a couple of things that the Ballerina Big Board points to. For Denver to draft Justin Fields right now, that's plus 400 for Denver to draft Fields. For the Giants to not get to take Devonta Smith and instead take the tackle Slater out of Northwestern, that's plus 500. For the Chicago Bears to trade up, actually don't even need to trade up, for the Chicago Bears to take a QB, with their first overall pick is plus 400. For the New England Patriots to take a linebacker, a.k.a. Micah Parsons, plus 300. And my favorite one, if you think that Chicago Bears bet is going to happen, where they trade up to take Trey Lance, that's plus 1,100. 11-1 odds for the Ballerina Big Boy to ring true on that one. Dangles, I know you got a couple of uh, gimme bets as well that you're looking to take them before we get to our guarantees. Yeah, well, you actually just mentioned one, Tony. Uh, as uh, Before the Ballari- ba- uh, the Balzarini big board, uh, I had sort of like, you know, my wish list for the Patriots and what I actually think they're they're going to end up doing. Um, and sort of the way Brian shook things out is, is what I think will probably actually happen. Uh, so that linebacker bet, Micah Parsons going to the Patriots at plus, I found it at plus 275, but even better if you found it at plus 300, I'll take your yep. number. I'll take your number and lay the money down on on that. Um, again, I, I mentioned this in the intro. I think unless Belichick has his eyes set on a particular quarterback, he's not going to trade up uh, uh, to go get him. He has to be set on someone in order for that to happen. He's too shrewd a negotiator. I would love for him to just like stop with the contrarian thing this year and maybe just you know take a chance on one of these guys because there's a lot of talent in this quarterback class. But I think it's more likely that he just uh, sticks to his laurels, plus 300 for the Patriots to take a linebacker at 15, uh, 15th overall. Um, I also really like over 18 and a half offensive players being drafted in the first round. And I Very don't think this is, this is it's a super offensive heavy draft. But think about it. You've got five picks that are definitely going to be quarterbacks, right? You've got, I think, five picks uh, that are going to be um, wide receivers. Then you've got potentially five offensive linemen going in that first round uh, as well. So now you're just talking about four more offensive players in those picks to hit that. That's not that much to ask for in this very offensive heavy draft. I found the line at minus 110. Um, I don't think that's that's terrible. Both sides were minus, uh, were minus money. Uh, but over 18 and a half offensive players to be taken in this first round, I think is a pretty safe and solid bet that definitely could come around. Drew. Let's start off with our guarantees, my man. I know you have the Schaefer six-pack coming at us. Six picks for the NFL draft, with the last one being your backup, the Brinks truck bed. Take the floor, my man. I'm excited to see what you have. You've heard me talk about the value of some of these picks that are heavily juiced. And for the beginner better, sometimes this would scare people away. You see a minus 160 line, you say, why would I lay $1.60 to win a buck? It doesn't make sense. However, I've been proven these last couple of months that I really find value in these because 
this is Vegas saying this is supposed to happen. Yep. And with the knowledge we have from the hitman, from the ballerina, I feel very confident in these three picks that are all priced at negative juice, but I think they're surefire locks. My first one is going to be the first running back off the board. Now, ballerina didn't have anyone in the first round coming off the board as a running back, but I still think Najee Harris is the class of the running back class. His first running back off the board is at minus 167. I love this bet. I'm placing this bet. I think teams are enamored with Alabama running backs, Alabama player in general, Nick Saban. I think this guy has shown versatility not only in his in his ability to to, to rush the football, yep. to catch it out of the backfield, to hurl, hurdle defenders, his strength. Four-year stud at Bama. Najee Harris, first RB off the board at minus 167. He's also a great person, too. I've seen a couple of his interviews. He seems like a well-put-together individual. I, I think he'd have to do well in the interviews from what I've seen. But also, Drew, that's a bet that does not have to hit on Thursday to hit. That could come on Friday 100%. if the ballerina is correct. It's just first RB off the board, period. First RB off the board. And to your point, Tony, he does seem like a great guy. He drove 10 hours just to support his teammates in the pro day. I think that speaks a lot of his character. And also, yeah. again, you know, these NFL teams will gobble up Bama players. They'll gobble up Saban, uh, uh, Saban pupils. I think, you know, ETN's a good player out of Clemson. I'm sure he'll get a look there late first, early second round. But I love Najee Harris. First running back off the board at minus 167. Let's keep going with a high-priced bet here. And again, this may not make sense, but is there any doubt? Is there any doubt in, in, in this draft of uncertainty that Kyle Pitts is going under five and a half? I don't think there is. I think he's a dead stone lock for the Falcons at four. If for whatever reason, the Falcons get a too good of offer to trade out of that pick. He's still there at five. Kyle Pitts to go under five and a half. Again, it's minus 159. That's not great odds. You have to lay literally $1.59 to win a dollar. This is a lot, guys. Let's take Kyle Pitts, minus 159, under five and a half. I'm a little worried about that. I looked at it too, uh, just because... Uh, the off chance Atlanta trades out for a QB needy team and then suddenly Pitts, uh, uh, since he's not going to take them, since he is locked into who they're taking. So if Pitts, for whatever reason, if Atlanta trades out, I think Pitts could go six, but I see what you're talking about in that value. Tony, and the only thing I'll say about Pitts is what Ballerina kind of, you know, he, he, he said in his thing, this isn't just like the best tight end to come around in five, 10 years. This is a all world prospect, oh, he's generational. a really game he's genera- changing he's prospect. He's absolutely generational. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, 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 the hybrid there between the tight end and his ability to block bless, he's basically a, a, you know, a number one receiver to put him with Matt Ryan in the twilight of his career. And even if Julio Jones and Ridley have some, have some steam left, I think that makes the Falcons uh, an instant uh, playoff fringe team this year with with the addition of Pitt. So that's why I feel comfortable taking him there. My third and final uh, uh, with, with with the minus money here, boys, um, you know, Ballerina backed it up. Uh, everything I've read has backed this up. We've Dango's referenced an offensive heavy draft. Um, first defensive player off the board. I got Patrick Sertain the second at minus 125. It seems like the Cowboys are all over this pick at number 10. I've not seen any mocks that say otherwise. Yep. So I like Sertain to be the first defensive player off the board at minus 125. I like that too. So those are your three minus money bets, but that Schaefer six-pack has some plus money bets too. What do we got? My first plus money bet is going to be Asante Samuel Jr. to go in the first round at plus 110. Um, I had him I had him at 30th overall on my big board. Uh, the ballerina put him 29th to your Packers, yep. Tony. And I think I think what puts I I think what puts this guy over the edge, you know, we saw um, we saw Antoine Woodfield Jr.'s success 
uh, as a rookie with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Absolutely. Now, Asante Samuel Jr., his dad could play a little bit, in case we didn't know. Oh, yeah. And I think there's something to be said about second-generation secondary players in the NFL. I mean, listen, secondary is the hardest position to play in the NFL. Uh, he played at a great, you know, not obviously Florida State was bad when he was there. But again, this is the son of a former all-pro cornerback. He knows the drill. He knows the culture. He's seen his dad do it. I just don't think this guy gets out of the first round. I love him that we can get plus money there. So Asante Samuel Jr., plus 110 to be taken in the first round. I love it, too. I think that's a guarantee. I don't think it's to my Packers, but I think that name caliber alone takes him in the first round for sure. So, guys, as you've mentioned, Tony, off air, you can pick the exact order here, three through five. One and two that. are pretty much... I love that. So, so I, have, I have found a way. We're not hedging, Hitman. Don't worry. We're not going to hedge here. But you can play... <laughs> Two different scenarios where you can come up plus money. Okay, so as Hitman has said, and I got to give a shout out to Hitman because when he when we recorded his interview, I looked at my app, Mac Jones plus one twenty. Eh, I kind of got lazy, didn't bet it. I look at the app today, Mac Jones minus one sixty seven. Yep. We know what I feel about Mac Jones. I think that's a foregone conclusion that he will be the third overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers. and we've already. Again, in my mind, is a foregone conclusion that Kyle Pitts will go number four to the Atlanta Falcons. Right. So there we have our first two of our trifecta 3-4 set. So we got Mac Jones. We got Kyle Pitts. Jamar Chase at the fifth pick, you can bet 3-4-5 at plus 275. The more I think about it, I think the, be- I think the Bengals will probably take Chase just not to piss off their star quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow, when he get his college teammate yep. on lock. Even though I do think 100% they got to take Sewell there. You can take both outcomes. You can take you can take Jones, Pitts, Chase at plus 275, Jones, Pitts, Sewell at plus 400. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put one unit on both of those outcomes. Assuming Jones and Pitts are taking third and fourth. If Chase is picked, you're up 0.75 units. You're plus money. Exactly. Having a beer on the house. If Sewell is picked, you're up two units. I think this is a stone cold lock. I'm putting a unit on both of these exact outcomes. Jones pits Sewell at plus 400 and Jones pits chase at plus two seven five. I love it. And the, uh, the old backup, the Brinks truck for the NFL draft boys, for the Shea for the sharp boys. If we had, <laughs> if we had a good sound effect, I don't know. I, I think we have them somewhere. They just never played for whatever reason, despite my many, many notes of post-production. Can we get the Brinks truck bet in there? Can we please do it? Well, whenever you uh, want to step this, in and help with the post-production process, we can talk about those. Uh, we can talk about those sound effects there, Shay for the Sharp. Hey, Marty, back up the Brinks truck. We, we, He's that, just that's, talent, Dangles. That's a conversation for another day, Dangles. But thanks for the offer. Anyway, uh, I like this before ballerina. Uh, he completely just verified it for me. The hitman's verified it for me. And I'm a little nervous about it just for this. I don't, it's one of those bets I looked at. I thought I was a mistake. You know, you ever do yep. that? You're like, wait, that can't be right. And I double, double, double. I just make sure my over-under is right. Yep. Trey Lance <clears throat> on DraftKings right now. His draft prop is over six and a half. And somehow it's at plus 125. I think if there's any quarterback that slides here, it is Trey Lance. That is going to be my shade for the sharp back up the Brinks truck. As of recording right now, Trey Lance over six and a half 
at plus 125. I think his lack of competition uh, in the college level and the fact that I believe Fields is going to go before him, I think he has a tendency to slide. If he doesn't slide all the way down the first round, we're still looking at 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, I'm going to make that my back of the Brinks truck bet. Trey Lance over 6.5 at plus 125. That is my best bet of the 2021 NFL draft. So really a trade up out of Atlanta. Atlanta moving out of four really screws you over. That's what you're going to be looking for to see all your bets come true because it kind of ties together many of the stuff you've given us. And I think you're right. I think you're right on it. I don't think it happens. I think Atlanta stays put as does the ballerina. Dangles, what are your guarantees for draft night? I'm going to start off by going with something I feel like is a no-brainer, and that is the total number of running backs drafted in the first round under .5, meaning effectively that no team will draft a running back in the first round. There's just not enough talent out there for a running back to go in the first round, and we all know the risks that a team is taking uh, when you take a running back in the first round. Their careers are are typically short. They struggle from injuries, especially when you're looking at guys that you expect to be a bell cow backs. I think the teams that are looking for a running back are too smart to take a running back in this first round I think they are willing to wait and see what falls into the second and third and if and hope that other teams are thinking the same as they do so that when it comes around in that second round maybe Najee Harris is still on the board maybe Travis Etienne is still on the board Uh, I so I think uh, that's plus 210 for total running backs drafted in round one to be under 0.5 effectively meaning that no running backs will go in the first round I'm also going to be doing uh, a split bet here uh, that is focused on Devontae Smith I've got him at plus one 10 to go in the top 10, which Brian the Ballerina locked in for us with him going number 9 at Miami. And even if he doesn't, there's a couple of other places he could go, like potentially the Detroit Lions, in that top 10 uh, uh, area. Uh, so that's plus 110. I also found him at plus 105 for going under an 11, under 11 and a half. Now, I know there are a lot of people who think that the Giants might take him at 11. If you're one of those people, you might take that bet Uh, you might be more inclined to take that bet. However, the way I see it, I'm going to put a half unit on each of these and give myself the opportunity to hit on both. So I'm going to put a half unit on Devontae Smith to go in the top 10. That's what I actually think is going to happen personally, but I'm also going to put a half unit on him going uh, under 11.5 to give myself an opportunity to make twice the money. I love it. I love Uh, it. And then the only other one I would throw out there is I... So I'm not as high on Mac Jones as everybody else is. I think Mac Jones is going to fall. I think Mac Jones could fall to a point where he could go to the New England Patriots. I think the more likely outcome is that the uh, that the San Francisco 49ers take Justin Fields. Uh, mm. And I was looking at some of these some of these exact order bets, uh, and it is plus two seventy five for Lawrence Wilson Fields in that exact order. It's just plus two sixty for Fields to go third overall. So the exact order value, if you're going to just lock in Lawrence and Wilson at one and two, which I think it's pretty safe to do. You get a little better value there. You could put, uh, uh, put a little bit less down if you wanted to. Well, you j- either way, you still get a little bit extra value there. So Lawrence Wilson Fields is my third lock at plus 275, that exact order. Interesting. Going against the grain, old diggity dangles. I and like going it. against the hitman. Dangles, did you have peanut butter in your ears during the interview? The hitman's just giving us gold, and you're just like, no thanks, hitman. I'll just go with my uh, my my diggity dangles gut over here. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I guess that's why he's a professional better, and I'm not. We'll see what happens on draft day. You said you were showing no ill effects of that second shot, Dangles, but I I, I we, did not you know, say I did, that. I didn't say that at all. You, I said I wasn't. Okay, fe- so I said I wasn't feeling great. You were putting words in my mouth. Side that effects may sharp. include poor bets. 
potential. Okay, I, I guess. I guess we'll have to. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Let's go back and look at our NCAA bets and talk about who's the worst better. Oh man, Dangles is coming That's out Tony. swinging. That's Tony. He's coming out That's swinging. <laughs> Speaking of Tony tires, Tony Turney, it's time for Tony Draft Day. Okay, I did not think of an alliterative. Uh, title on the spot there that you're going to have to deal with that but i do have bets that are going to win including the guarantee of the draft and i can't believe you you guys haven't said this already uh one of my locks atlanta to take a tight end with their first overall pick is minus 150 uh it's a little bit better than putting pits in that spot i still think it's going to be pits but you get better uh, uh odds if you take atlanta to take a tight end at minus 150 i do think they stay at number four and i do think they take pits i love that bet another one and this was backed by the Ballerinas big board as well. And I was kind of surprised to see this guy, uh, the odds where it at. It's only minus 110. But we know that uh, Jamar Chase is going to be the number one wide receiver taken. But the number two wide receiver seems to be Waddle on everyone's big boards. And Waddle to be in the top 10 is minus 110. There are so many wide receiver needy teams out there. I cannot see Waddle falling that far, especially out of the top 10. Dangles, you yourself have Devonta Smith in the top 10 as well. These guys are all blue chip players. And for Waddle to fall out of the top 10 would be surprising to me. Waddle under top 10, minus 110. I think that's a lock and a half. Green Bay to take an O-lineman with their first pick. Does not need to stay in the first round for this to hit. Plus 225. They're not going to take a wide receiver because there's not going to be many there in the draft. The Purdue kid is too small. He'll be a second-round guy. And they're not going to go defensive back. I know Brian the Ballerina said that. I'm going against him. They need a center, and they need a guard. And one of those guys will be available, and that will be their first-round pick. It's not sexy. It's not cool. It's not exactly what I want to see happen, but it's going to happen. Green Bay to take an O-lineman with their first pick, plus 225. And then the back up the Brinks truck. As far as you can back it up, better the week. Take all the money you saved on the stimuluses. Sell all of your NFTs. Put all of your loans on hold. Get the credit card into cash. Put it all on this bet. Because you know what? The Cincinnati Bengals are an idiotic franchise. Forever and ever, as long as we've known them, they have been a dumb team that makes dumb decisions. And not a long time ago... They drafted a guy in the top five named A.J. Green. And how many playoff games did they win with A.J. Green? Not that many. And that's what they're going to do again. Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow has said he wants to reconnect with his LSU teammate. Even though there are glaring needs and a generational player to fit one of those glaring needs available, Cincinnati is a dumb franchise. And the people making these decisions are still there. Jamar Chase to go in the top five is minus 125. Those are incredible odds for this to occur. It is impossible for this not to happen. The Ballerina Big Board has it. A lot of mock drafts have it. Minus 125 for Jamar Chase to go into the top five is a guarantee. Back up the motherfucking Brinks truck. Sorry, Mrs. Cruxton. And that is it for our NFL draft bets and our NFL draft coverage. We will not be doing a grade the NFL draft podcast because, as Drew said, that is one of the most idiotic things that you can ever imbibe. But we will be hitting on these bets and guaranteeing some money being made for our listeners. So for Tony Cavallo, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson has his hand up. You got anything to add before we sign out, my guy? Seven potential, seven or eight potential first-rounders, wide receivers in this draft, Tony and Dangles. Wide receiver heavy. I'll tell you one thing. The team that gets Nico Collins in the second or third round is picking up a NFL-ready red zone target 
and a steal. If your team gets Nico Collins in the second or third round, be happy about it. I don't think this will make the final cut. I just want to say that. Thank you for passing on the outro for that intricate piece of information on a guy that no one I'm has sorry, heard of. Sorry, who is Nico Collins? Yeah, that for was that Tony was what Cavallo. I wanted to ask. That's what I wanted to know too. Thanks. Okay. For Tony Cavallo, Matthew Daggles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are the West Coast Gamble is the only gambling show that makes you money. A proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. The commissioner is about to hit the podium. It is time to start the NFL draft. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 